Welcome to Illuminate, a podcast series from Hope Fellowship Church where we share stories to inspire growth and engagement in community. My name is Nathan Beer, and I am the Connections and College Pastor here at Hope Fellowship. And I'm Hannah Bowen. I'm the Worship Arts Coordinator here at Hope. Today we're going to be talking about how to engage and pour into the next generation to raise up disciples. We are joined by Matthew Cogswell, the Next Generation Pastor here at Hope Fellowship, to talk more about this. We are super excited for this conversation. If you don't know Matthew, he is an incredible man, person, mentor, pastor, father, husband, friend, brother. Uh, So Matthew, thank you for coming on. Uh, Do you want to tell us first just a little bit about yourself real quick? Yeah, I appreciate the intro there. (laughs) But uh, um, I've been here at Hope Fellowship Church for about five years now. I'm married to Sarah Cogswell, um, incredible uh, wife there for coming up in 10 years, man. We're going to be 10 years in May. So pumped about that. Um, Got a little girl, Isabella. She's three years old, going on 13, and I'm 34. I'm called by my, my, my students the old man now, so it's, it's fun. It's fun stuff. Speaking of uh, being an old man, um, I my favorite question to ask people involved in youth ministry, what are some of your favorite pieces of kid lingo right now? <laughs> like what, what new phrases have been added to your vocabulary in the past couple years? As far as this, like, this is recently, or I was, I'm like way behind like the eight ball here or whatever, but I, I, I just learned um, what cosplay cosplay is um, from a, a student. So it's like dressing okay. up and like with like different characters and things like that. And so they're kind of like role playing different things stuff. And so I was, you know, I'm getting schooled by some of my students about, about what cosplay is. And so I'll just randomly throw it out there. Um, during conversation that's like not in the proper context just to like <laughs> just to mess with them They're like gosh so old doesn't understand anything so um so that's something i learned um heard, like, no cap on god all those yeah, yeah <laughs> i had a third grader you said on me and i was so confused yep, introduced to that uh a couple years ago at camp um we started a phrase god's love no cap you know, so we're like, so we're like <laughs> we added that in there. But yeah, no, there's just so many different sayings and phrases, and it, yeah, it just it does make you feel super old at times. Well, on the the topic of um, pouring into the next generation, I know that uh, it's so important for young people to just have role models of various kinds, and you know, for you, you are like in the form of a youth pastor, which mm. I'm sure plenty of people, you know, whether in their 20s or their 80s who had some sort of Sunday school teacher or youth pastor, however that looked growing Mm. up, who instilled things that they still carry with them Mm. uh, today. So why do you think it's important for kids to have those role models in their life early on and and why people should pursue being a model for young people? Mm. I think that you know, for all of us, you know, having an example, someone just in your life that displays or reflects God's character and his love, how he God uses different people in our lives is, is so huge. It's, it's how he designed us to, to be in community. And I just want to, you know, especially we were just talking about being like the old man or whatnot. I, I know there's a common misconception that if you are older, 
um, you have nothing to offer to younger generation or that because you don't know the lingo and because you are years apart or whatever that there's nothing but what I found is that when you have somebody that just genuinely cares and loves you and wants to be like you know present in your life I, I think that that um, knocks down all the different barriers and generational barriers um, we all whatever age we're in we, we need models in our lives yeah i think that'll be a, like at least what we're talking about with the next generation and shaping them and investing in them that idea of a role model or an example of christ to them in a mm. form of someone older mm-hmm. that'll probably be a theme throughout this discussion and conversation i like always wondered about and still and still honestly wonder about and, and struggle through is um i know people need role models but how have, like how have you seen it play out where you have identified a need for a role model? To me, I think it's pretty simple. Everyone, yeah. <laughs> everyone, I think everyone, yeah. everyone needs it. And and I, th- and I think that when we come to that realization, that every single one of us needs someone in our lives yeah. that is pointing us to to uh, to Christ and pointing us to. Um, you know, uh, to gain wisdom from, to, to see blind spots, to, you know, have fun with, just get, just right. spend time with. And, you know, we're, we talked about last night, we we're talking about community and how um, that is a resource that God has given us and that Jesus modeled to us, even with his community of, of his disciples. And I just think that it, it takes time. Um, and I think we almost got to get over our own, insecurities and our own things that are telling us why there's no way that God could ever use me to be a blessing to somebody else. And this, you know, I think you have to deal with that first and then it it frees us up to, to really see clearly and see others and their, their needs. And I know something that has come up in conversation between the three of us before is just the significance of consistency Mm. above anything else. How have you seen, um, that significance play out, you know, in personal experience for both of you guys. Cause I know we've talked about this before. Consistency. Like it's absolutely huge. Um, especially in a kid's life. I think, um, kids can sense if you're being genuine or not. Like for some reason they're, they just have like a innate sense of authenticity, mm. like radar for authenticity. <laughs> and if somebody's not being authentic with them, they just kind of turn off immediately to them. And they're going to look for someone who's being genuine to them. Who's being themselves. Um, I think that's such an important part, but I guess I don't I think I guess every single just showing up every single Sunday as big. Showing up every Wednesday night, yeah. I'm sure is huge. Yeah. Just being there, even if I'm not leading a Sunday, even if I'm not doing those things, still just showing up in those rooms and saying hey to those kids and, and doing that. One big thing for me has been uh, lunches with kids, doing it consistently. I can't do it with every single kid. And so it's not like I'm playing favorites by going to certain ones. It's mm-hmm. just ones that I've made a connection with on a Sunday morning, I choose to pour into outside that Sunday morning as well. Um, and it's tough because uh, it's, you wish you could do it for everyone, but uh, what is it? Andy Stanley says, do for one what you wish you could do for many. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. huge. And that's something that, especially if you're going to be a role model in someone's life, especially if you're choosing to be consistent in someone's life, you have to choose a small amount. I mean, Jesus chose 12, right? Mm-hmm. We've had conversations about that. Jesus chose 12 to pour into Thousands of people wanted his time and attention uh, and love, and he gives it to us, but he gave it to 12 people while he was walking here so that they could do it uh, for others as well. And I think 
um, just seeing that play out um, and kids opening up. Um, I mean, you would never imagine fourth graders can get super deep, but they are experiencing really deep issues um, in their hearts. They may not be able to communicate the same way that adults can, mm-hmm. but they're still experiencing deep sadness mm-hmm. or intense anger or things like that where the only way that you can get them to open up is, sounds trivial, but bringing Chick-fil-A nuggets yeah. to lunch uh, three weeks in a row in the middle of the week so that then on a Sunday they can kind of just start talking to you and all of a sudden they're opening up about feeling really angry towards a parent or feeling really, really sad because their dog died. And to us it's like, well, a dog died. But it's like to them that was potentially their best friend. Mm. Uh, and, and those it's it's those issues that are uh, – I can't even think of the word right now. It's those issues that if you compare it to other issues may seem trivial, but it's relative. right? Like it's It's their life, it's their issue, and it's super big to them. And the only way that I'm going to ever know about that is by being consistent in their life and, and walking alongside of them and just saying, that is a big issue. You know, little uh, buddy that died and you just <laughs> buried him yesterday and you're, you're crying about it. Like, yeah, that's super sad. Yeah. And I, I can't imagine what you're, you know, just being there for them. And I think the only way you can do that is by being consistent. Jesus loved the crowds. He loved everybody. But yet he knew that there was um, only a certain amount of time certain amount of uh, resources there's things that that you know uh, that he had um, uh, to uh, because he lived this life as a human <laughs> as a human he modeled his life he, he truly is our our model for life and ministry you know even within his 12 he had three right yeah. uh, Peter James and John that were closer in his inner circle so being present in their lives is um, is really Half the battle, maybe more right. than that, that battle starting right. to showing up. When you're showing up and you're consistent, yeah. lets people know that you, you actually, you're putting your, yeah, your money where your mouth is. I think I just want to ask one more question on consistency of it looking different. I think even for it, it'll look different for a 50 year old being consistent in someone's life who's 50. It'll look different being consistent mm-hmm. in someone's life who's mm-hmm. 15 and five, right? So, how have you? just being over middle school and high school kind of figure that out. How have, what have you struggled with when it comes to consistently stepping into particular kids lives? How have you balanced what, how have you kind of been consistent for different age groups? Um, and also just for, I mean, anyone listening that maybe is wanting to be a mentor or any parent who has different age group kids, who's trying to figure out right now, how can I as a parent step into their life as best as possible, but do it for the unique person that they are recognizing that it's going to look different for this kid or this kid than it would for another another a child. It can be something as simple as a phone call, setting up a weekly, you know, coffee or maybe taking your time out on a Sunday morning when you see them to pull them aside and just, and just catch up with them real quick. It's going to look different for each one and you know, the reality is we we have to have um you know, some wisdom, discernment of you know, when we need to back off a little bit when we need to press in. Although everyone needs it, not everybody's going to recognize it and not everybody's going to respond to that. And that's okay. Like it's really, you know, I think Jesus, when he was making his disciples, he chose those that were, were available, who were responsive, who, who kept on coming back. When Jesus said a tough saying to the crowds and the majority of them like left him, he turns to, his, to Peter and, and the disciples and says, are you guys going to leave me too? And what did Peter say? He said, man, where else are we going to go? Who knows this is the truth? And so 
they remained with them, you know, and, and so it kept them pouring into those who, who were coming back. I think that's a really good point of saying, you know, if someone, if you're trying to mentor someone and they're not wanting it mm-hmm. or they're just closed off to it mm-hmm. and you're trying and you're trying, mm-hmm. I think that's a great point of saying, of knowing when to just say, okay, you don't want this. Yep. That's fine. Yep. I know there's someone else who needs this. Bingo. And, and not giving uh, it up. And that. not giving it up. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and, I, and I think that's, that's where I think in the past, even I've been disheartened, is that you try to do that for someone yep. and they don't want it. Yep. And as a two, a helper, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh gosh, that's the worst, right? Yeah. So it's like, I want all I wanted to do is help you, and you couldn't see that, and you get really frustrated, and you're just like, fine, no one wants it. But that's not the case. It's just that one particular person either was in a season where they didn't want it, didn't need it, which we've said everyone needs it, um, or didn't recognize didn't the need recognize for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and but that doesn't mean that we give up. And I think that's such a an important point to make on that is, I think Jesus, I. He absolutely modeled that. And it's just like, now, I don't know why, but it's just now clicking in my head as you said that, like so many different passages where he really did just kind of like leave. He was like, all right, you don't want this? Okay, we're good. And he just kept, keeps going. And I think that's the beauty of this is that, and the hard part is knowing when it's time to stop with that particular person. I think that's really hard. It's moving on to someone who recognizes the need for it at this very moment. And maybe later down the road, somebody else comes in and can fill that need for that person. Yes. Yeah. A significant lesson I learned for myself um was being able to accept that you know even just because I could feel a need doesn't mean I was meant to Mm. and if I was forcing a situation to happen in turn I could be robbing someone else of their calling to fill that need um and like really being able to listen to those moments or situations or relationships where it's like is this not working out because it's an attack of the enemy or it's just, you know, a couple months season or is it not working out because it's not supposed to and I need to, like, actually be prayerfully attentive to that, not just write it off um, when things get difficult, but but always be, like, really discerning of that balance. That's good and tough stuff. (laughs) Are we right? Like, balancing, like, is this the enemy trying to stop something really good from happening? Like, a really good mentor-mentee, a really good relationship from forming or is this just not working like i i think that's something that we i know i'm still growing and learning in because i know i've probably failed countless times on discerning the wrong or the other and the biggest thing we can do is just pray through that right we can't dismiss uh, the power power of prayer and and asking god to direct us to those that he wants us to spend time with right that's that's what jesus modeled to us you know prayer is available to us as, as followers of christ like that is you know, and, and that's, you know, that is what God desires for us to be doing. So he's going to answer that. He's going to answer that prayer. just want to recommend another podcast you can check out if you're interested in continuing to listen to different perspectives and viewpoints on the world. I would recommend NPR's Code Switch. It's a podcast series primarily dealing with conversations on race in different contexts from history to sports to pop culture to politics and plenty more in between. And Fitting for today's conversation, Uh, their most recent episode is entitled The Kids Are Alright, and it features podcasts created by students sharing their perspectives on the world. 
Um, and it's a really fun listen if you want to check that out. I was talking to some youth pastors and uh, one of the youth pastors did kind of a little research. He talked to a counselor in some schools and he asked them, these counselors, like, what are the identifying marks of this student, you know, of the youth nowadays in 2020? And they said they're confused. They're confused about social justice issues, um, you know, women's rights, Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, all this stuff. There's, you know, they're con- they're confused about gender. <laughs> they're, gen- they're confused about what's pain. What, what what how does pain play in my life? So there's this confusion because parents are trying to protect their kids so much from experiencing pain, and it keeps them from you know from like failing and growing from what those failures look like in in their lives there's this sense of underlining kind of like eroding of truth in the in in students lives nowadays that they need to know from their parents hey what should i stand up for what should i what is truth what is what is right what is what is wrong like they you know relativism is is truly creating so much um, confusion in the lives of, of the youth today I've just, I've just been noticing that and and I think that you know when when parents are are, are showing to their kids modeling to their to their children at home what they believe and why they believe that um, it is such a powerful and, and influential um, in those kids lives I think this next generation coming up, is definitely going to be the one most interesting because of how much they have accessible to them through the means of technology, Mm -hmm. Uh, how many narratives they have accessible to them through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, how many, uh, even, this is weird, but how many role models they have that are people that they've never met in real life, that's a YouTuber, and they look up to this person because they have this platform and they're fun and they have an ideal lifestyle and all of these things. And that person becomes a role model, and yet they've never met them. Yeah. Uh, but yet that person is speaking into their life. And I think confused is the, most, is the best word, not even just for youth right now, but for everyone potentially. Because <laughs> yeah. literally we have all of these narratives going around on Black Lives Matter, on gender. We have all of these opinions, and people are saying these opinions as fact. Yeah. And because of that, and because this is like an overload of information through social media, mm-hmm phones and just being accessible to so much information mm-hmm. and they're seeing all these people say these things as fact uh, yeah i would be confused too if i was yes. a 13 year old or if yes. i was a 17 year old trying to figure out who i am yes. uh who i am in christ even like yes I'm a, I'm a child of god yes first but then who am i after like who what comes after that like mm-hmm. who am i what do i like what do i stand for and to have all these things flying at you how have you kind of seen and how have you helped parents? Because I know I've, I've had parents come to me with this as well, uh, which is what do I speak into my kid's life that's biblical truth and how do I prevent my own biases from being spoken into their life? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, where they have such – parents, I believe, truly do have the greatest range of influence in a kid's life. Mm-hmm. Um, but they struggle and I can't imagine – and you'll, you'll struggle with this mm-hmm. and you'll probably be already struggling with this maybe with Izzy mm-hmm. uh, of – you know, I want to teach them Jesus and the values of Jesus and and the morals of Jesus mm-hmm. and how he lives his life and how we should. But then where where does that stop with 
all of the other I ideals that we've built over the last 30 something years or the last 20 something years. And if I've, I've had parents kind of ask me that of, of where does that line stop for me? Um, and like, where do I let them develop their own opinions on things? And where do I speak truth into their life? What comes to my mind as you're saying that is that being a good listener, uh, I think it's critical that parents as leaders, as mentors, as just people, we, we, we learn how to be good listeners to engage with those around us by asking tough questions and then to be able to listen to bite our tongues at times to be quick quick to listen and slow to speak what i think parents need to do um, and what I, I i want to learn continue to do with, with these students is give them space to be able to express themselves yeah. give them space to be able to talk about what what's going on in their lives and that does it does take time and that does take relationship building rapport and maybe not giving the answer right off the bat um and it's just simply saying hey it's like you know what's going on now granted as a middle school student and even as a high school student it's like pulling teeth at times to get them to express them themselves but it, and so it, it takes work to get in their space and to to be able to find out what is it make that makes them tick who is it that they're watching on YouTube consistently, who, you know, paying attention to what are the things that keep on coming up and trying to use that as a, a way to um, kind of get in route into the world and into the space. But yeah, being a good listener creates this space for them to be able to work things out and for you and for them to navigate that. And then as parents, as leaders, we have to have a lot of discernment and wisdom of say, okay, should I speak up to the issue then now or later on, or just kind of tuck it away and say, this is, this is kind of their worldview at this point. It helps you to minister to them or love on them um, better and more efficiently later. Yeah. I think like, like any discipleship relationship, like it's all about an ongoing <laughs> conversation mm -hmm. and even, you know, not just with children, but with, with any significant person in your life, if you see an area of struggle, like, thinking that you're going to, like, fix that or, like, answer every problem they have over, like, one hour with coffee, like, it's just unrealistic. Um, or even just on the communication side, my mom was sharing an uh, 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 influential person who had shared with her just this idea of having... A notebook with your child and your child can go to this notebook and they can write down a question they have and then you can like take that notebook and you can write the answer and it kind of allows for this like they can ask scary questions without like maybe having the pressure of you staring them in the eyes and it gives you as a parent like time to maybe process that question and come up with an answer in like a really like tame way are there any other like um tools or strategies or techniques you found to help engage with a middle schooler who just speaks what feels like stupid all the time to you um but like things you can do to find common ground or uh, allow them to open up more easily for that I, I know that um music and just in general um is something that um both middle school and high school students really um gravitate towards and uh, so I find myself um, 
like if we're going on a long trip or something like that, I'll, I'll allow them to play music as long as it's not, there's no profanity or craziness that's going on. But it doesn't have to be a Christian song per se. And, it's, and you start listening to the songs that they like, it's revealing. It really is revealing of, of you know, what are they feeling right now? What, you know, why are they connecting to this, these songs? What are the, you know, what are the lyrics that are, are in these songs that because it, it does kind of give you a little insight into their own little world. Um, and it, and it, again, it gives you clues, um, to, to be able to connect in a different way. Stepping into their world yeah. and in quote, you can't see my hands air quotes, enjoying <laughs> the things that they enjoy yeah. is huge. Um, like we have Madden and 2K basketball back in Hope Kids room. And that's the most when guys uh, like fourth, fifth grade boys will open up to me mm-hmm. is when we're playing each other and all of a sudden they're just talking about like life. And I'm like, yo, where did this come from? Like what in the world? And I realize like their minds are just on this game, but you're doing it with them. And so all of a sudden you become this trusted confidant in that you're stepping into their world, what they like. But then the next 30 minutes, you're maybe talking about uh, the girl or guy that they like, or, um, what this person did to them at school that they didn't really like, or this teacher that's been bothering them or this class that they're struggling with that you maybe never would have heard about mm. if you didn't step into the context of whatever their world is. Like, even though they're in your house, even though you're with them every day, they might have a completely different side at school, yeah. um, mm. based on who they're trying to be, who they're, who, what type of friends they are trying to get all those things. And I think like what you're saying with the music, I think just stepping into the world and showing that you care for what they care about is is huge and that comes and probably stems all the way back to the fact of just listening last thing i really wanted to hit on is just responsibility um which kind of feels a little in contrast to compromising you know maybe some of your interests to step into what a, a child likes or not a child a young adult likes or needs um but then also um just instilling them with the sense that they need to re- be responsible for themselves, the, their actions, and then especially in this context, their faith. Um, and knowing that, like, at the end of the day, our faith is a relationship, mm. and that's between you and God, yeah. and no one else can substitute yes. your side <laughs> of that relationship. So um, how have you – because I know um, that's something I've seen uh, even back when I was uh, – doing the middle school girls small group helping out with hope youth um getting to watch your style of ministry versus some other uh youth groups that i've sat in on where it's just kind of like okay we got these kids we're gonna get them riled up for (laughs) 40 minutes and then we'll hopefully get like five minutes of very superficial jesus lingo in and then a wrap-up game and then send them home um, but you know, where is, is your heart, um, when you're creating a genuine worship and teaching experience for kids that they can engage in, but that that is meaningful and deep and, and purposeful. Yeah. That's something I'm extremely passionate about. And it's interesting because I mean, I didn't grow up going to youth group. Like I, I would, I didn't come to know the Lord till I was 20 years old. And so, um, there's a, advantages and disadvantages to that, I think, sometimes. Um, like my wife is the opposite. She knows she knows the ins and outs of that, which I've, I've definitely had to lean into that. But I think with, with me not having that um, and seeing how just desperately I know I needed 
to be challenged in my faith um, or I needed to have people to get into my space and my world as, as a you know young person. And just from what I've noticing is, um, is just that, yeah, we're setting the bar so low for, for students. I've heard from YCI Youth Commission International is talking about how like students have the same Holy Spirit that's in them as we as adults have the Holy yeah. Spirit as, as believers. So, yeah. so, um, you know, when we hinder what God wants to do and then by setting the bar so low, um, and I get it, you have to contextualize it and you, and there's, there's, you have to look at the reality of, you know, attention span and all that. But, um, what it boils down to is we don't really trust that God can do amazing things through students. Um, I think that's just the reality of it. We, I think there's just a lack of trust. Um, and so for, for me, what I, I really focus on and really kind of think about is I, I want to give away ministry. I, I want them to, I, uh, I want it to be not, um, you know, hope youth ministry. I want it to be hope youth posture possibly s ministry their ministry i want to develop ministers i want to develop i want them to be equipped and and to to be able to reach their own peer uh peers you know with the gospel i want i don't want them to leave my uh, youth group and not even like you know hearing the you know the phrase you know the gospel or th- things of like living christian life but not know what that actually means our students need to know that they can be in the game not only that they they can, but God is calling them to be in the game now, not later, not when they get older. But God is calling them to be in the the game now, and um, so put them in situations where they have to really think about the questions to be able to let them know, like you have space to to say I disagree with that truth and why. Like, like I think this is so so key um, for them to own the faith, to own their personal relationship with the Lord. Yeah, I remember hearing this. Um story which is like stuck in my head is kind of a really beautiful analogy for responsibility of it was some like uh cheesy tlc show where like (laughs) it's like a a family has to live 1800s lifestyle for a month and like survive without technology um but they had boys who were your stereotypical lazy like you know ask them 12 times to do the dishes and three days will go by with no response um but their responsibility on their little homestead was the garden. Um, and they were told, you know, if you don't, you know, pour into this, if you don't take responsibility for it, none of us will eat, um, you yeah. know, and, and your role is valuable. And they um, went above and beyond, like, working so hard at it because someone just, you know, took the time to communicate, like, your role matters. And it, I'm not just telling you because I feel like it or I'm too lazy to do it myself, but, like, that it has actual significance. Um, yeah, that's just kind of has always stuck in my head of, of just realizing it's sometimes just as simple of taking the time to explain, yeah. <laughs> you know, that they matter. Yes. Um, and I think that's something all middle and high schoolers struggle with. You're questioning your place in the world and maybe your own self-worth but something as simple as like your beliefs matter yes. around you. Yes. Like, and... I would say and just taking that and that's anyone I think mm. there are a lot of people who think that the gifts that they have are worthless or the area that they're serving in or uh, I know I've had volunteers you've probably had volunteers where sometimes their job that night is to serve pizza and they feel like well that was a worthless waste of time like he just had me out here for an hour serving pizza 
But that person serving pizza allowed me to be freed up to have conversations with those Mm -hmm. people, allowed two other people to be freed up and having conversations. And I think that's huge is for anyone just listening, uh, you have worth in the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Uh, Serving a single slice of pizza to kids is massive, just as big. The Holy Spirit can use that just as much as he can use someone speaking to a crowd of a thousand. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's important to understand that and not to limit the capacity that the spirit has to work in our lives and through our lives i think that's huge to recognize that especially in the next generation to where they're getting all these things to communicate to them the why of their faith Mm -hmm. uh, the why of Mm -hmm. of what we're teaching them and everything like that but then also just to anyone that's a christian that's doesn't know where they fit or doesn't know where to belong or doesn't even know what god is doesn't even know what they're becoming Mm -hmm. you know that we then as people or other people in the church can speak that worth into their life. That's biblical truth that whatever you're doing, just understand what it's doing for the entirety of the kingdom. It may seem like a really small mustard seed right now, right? Mm-hmm. But it has the potential to have an effect of a hundred other people because of you doing this one thing. And I think that that's, that's something that I think every Christian struggles with, and especially the next generation, especially in this time where they're confused. I think it's so, so important that we communicate worth to them in the kingdom of God. That's that's really good. Or to say, um, hey, here's a major truth that Jesus was also, he was fully God. He was also fully man. Like, do you believe that? What are the belief sets that that go against that? Do you truly believe that um, Jesus is the way, the truth, and life? Or do you believe that there's many ways to God, like to, to know God? Like, you know, I think the more that we're real and raw with the students and challenging them with what they're already hearing and experiencing from the social, from their own, you know, what the enemy is speaking into their lives, what they're seeing in their families and stuff is, uh, it's going to be helpful for them to own it, own their faith, own truly to feel the weight and the joy of making the faith their own, right? You want to yeah. give us a book recommendation before you go? Yeah, I'm actually uh, got the book in my hands right now. Um, it's a it's kind of an older book, um, but it's very relevant for for today. It's called Apologetics for a, a New Generation, mm-hmm. and it's um, by a guy named Sean McDowell on the cover. It says a biblical and culturally relevant approach to talking about God. And um, it's forwarded by David Kinnaman, author of a book called Unchristian, which is another good, uh, uh, challenging book. But yeah, I feel like this this has been really helpful for me. A lot of things that we've talked about today actually um, is addressed in this in this book. Uh, I definitely suggest that Apologetics for a New Generation by Sean McDowell. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we love talking to you. Um, we love your heart for just the church in general. Um, I know we both look up to you in a lot of different ways, a lot of different areas. So very thankful for you, your leadership here and your uh, mentorship in our life and then also just the lives of the next generation. So thanks for coming on and and being a part of this. Thank you all so much for listening. You can review us on Apple Podcasts or send us an email letting us know if you have a testimony you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to hear covered. Have a great week.